can't have a discussion about the Mount Rushmore of Notre Dame coaches and not have Muffet McGraw on that list. She has contributed more to this school, this university, and its athletes than anyone. We will miss her tremendously. We will miss the influence she's had on all of us. But we also honor this as a time to celebrate Coach McGraw. That was Jack Swarbrick, Athletic Director of Notre Dame, celebrating the career of Muffet McGraw and announcing she will retire after 33 years. This is the gold standard, our first ever edition of the gold standard. We hope to be the gold standard in terms of content, guests, analysis, opinions, as far as your podcast goes. My name is Todd Burlidge. I've been covering Notre Dame for 20 plus years for a variety of outfits. I worked for the Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette for a while. Right now, I'm a contributing writer for Blue and Gold Illustrated, the Associated Press. My trusty colleague, Mason Plummer, I'll let him give his credentials here. He is our recruiting guru, does a great job. Mason Plummer. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, everybody. My name is Mason Plummer. I'm a student at Ball State. I'm going to be a senior in the fall. I work at Ball State Sports Link here, working at ESPN3. I'm a contributor at Slap the Sign. We're going to let, we have a lot to cover on our first show here. Obviously, we tipped it off a little bit with Muffet McGraw. Certainly, the NFL draft was last week. We want to scroll through some of that. We'll get some Brian Kelly thoughts on Chase Claypool and just how valuable he will be to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And of course, since I mentioned Mason is our recruiting guru, he caught up with Gabriel Rubio and has a wonderful interview we're going to pop in a little bit later in the show. But we're going to start every show with some quick hitters. Gold Rush. Jax Warwick was asked if indeed Notre Dame has to play home games without fans, his thoughts on it. Warwick wasn't all into it. He said for a little bit, perhaps, but he doesn't see a season without fans. Obviously, we're talking about the impact of COVID-19. Former Notre Dame punter Tyler Newsom signed with the Kansas City Chiefs Monday. Newsom was one of the best punters in Notre Dame history, averaging over 44 yards per punt throughout his career at Notre Dame. Tom, I think he definitely makes the all-hair team with his iconic mullet. Drew Brees, we all know Drew Brees, former Purdue quarterback, obviously New Orleans Saints, future Hall of Fame quarterback. Once he decides to retire, he will join the NBC broadcast team and he will be part of Notre Dame coverage. Christian McCaffrey signed a four-year, $64 million contract with the Carolina Panthers just about two weeks ago. McCaffrey played with Lance Taylor as his running backs coach at Stanford. Taylor is now the running back coach at Notre Dame, a player that a lot of people have likened to McCaffrey is Will Shipley. But the real question is, who will Taylor send to the NFL next from Notre Dame? A little bit of a self-serving note here. Mike Goolsby, the former Notre Dame linebacker, and a fine one from 2000-2004. He has joined our team at Blue and Gold Illustrated. I mentioned that earlier, blueandgold.com as well. He's going to become kind of a podcast guest. We'll get him on here for sure, and also a game analyst. He was a solid linebacker, Mason, maybe a little bit before your time. He was a team captain as a 50-year senior in 2004. He led the Notre Dame Irish with 97 total tackles. Lastly, for me, the college football season, rumored to start in February if the coronavirus is not contained soon. That obviously puts the Notre Dame-Navy game in Ireland in jeopardy, Todd, and essentially the entire season, which would start at the end of August. That's going to be interesting, Mason. I've heard so many scenarios. You're talking about a spring football season and then a fall football season. Man, I just hope we can keep this somewhat on schedule. We'll have to wait to be seen. What's your gut feeling, Mason, when it comes to how football is going to look this fall? I think, you know, we have a lot of time between now and then. I got to believe, I'm trying to stay hopeful that something's going to be contained and there's going to be a vaccine made or 
It's just at least it's going to be like to where we can have football in the fall, whether that's with fans or not. But hopefully all this goes away real soon. I'm kind of going stir crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We're both getting there for sure. All right. We did, we started the show with Muffin McGraw and for good reason. Typically this will be mainly a football show, but anytime you lose a legend like Muffet McGraw, you have to revisit it. A little bit of by the numbers here. Muffet, 33 years as a head coach, 936 career wins. 842 at Notre Dame. That puts her eighth all-time men and women. Could have piled up a lot more. We know that, but she felt like it was time to go. She had nine Final Fours, seven championship appearances all within the last decade, and a couple NCAA championships, 2001 with Ruth Riley, and of course, more recently, 2017 with Arike Ogunbowale and a lot of those other girls. You know, Mason, when she lost those five to the WNBA, those five starters off of that 2017 team, a lot of people speculate that indeed that might be the time for her to go. It seemed like a logical launch point. But before we dive a little bit more into her career here, here's what she had to say about why now was the right time. Although I have a long-term contract, I think every year, really since the championship year, I have looked and said, you know, let's take one more year. Let's take it one year at a time. And looking ahead, um, always excited about the next season. So this year, at the end of the season, once again, um, I looked at it as I did last year with five players going off to the draft. I think a lot of people thought maybe this is the year that she should retire. Um, but when I looked ahead to what we had coming back, I knew that it was going to be a, a challenging season. And I thought, where's the honor in that if I leave now? So I, I really wasn't ready anyway. So I put in for one more year. And now looking ahead to know we have a great recruiting class coming in. We're ranked in the top 25 in the preseason poll. And I think the program is right back where it should be and poised to make another run to the Final Four. So I feel like I'm leaving the program in a good place and also uh, a chance for me to do something else, turn the page, write a new chapter, and look at doing something else. She was also a trailblazer, Mason, when it comes to women's college basketball with the passing of Pat Summit at Tennessee. The torch was kind of the voice and the torch was kind of passed to Muffet McGraw, and she embraced it. If you remember last year, she said that there need to be more women coaches, more women opportunities in both pro and college basketball. I don't know how closely you follow the, the, the Muffet McGraw era, but what were your impressions of her? Well, she's been the Notre Dame women's head coach ever since I've been alive. You know, I, I was born in 2000, so I've known nothing else different from the, for the Notre Dame program than Muffet McGraw. And she's, you, I think you described it perfectly. She's a real trailblazer for not only the Notre Dame program, but women's basketball as a whole. Notre Dame women's basketball was kind of a joke before McGraw took over. She said in a couple quotes when she was leaving Notre Dame just a couple weeks ago that her initial goal was just to fill the stands. And she more than did that at Notre Dame time. An interesting story that came out last year that I don't think many folks knew about that I thought I'd share again. Muffet McGraw actually had a seat booked on United Flight 175. It was a flight that was pegged from Boston to Los Angeles. One of her assistant coaches, a guy by the name of Kevin McGruff, talked her out of taking that flight. He wanted some time to sit with her. He said, drive with me down to Providence and we will fly out of Providence together. She agreed. And Mason United Flight 175 flew into one of the World Trade Centers. She's always kind of taken a different perspective on life since then. Some of it a little bit of guilt, survivor guilt. Some of a little bit, you know, I need to give back. I need to do better. But I always thought that was a pretty interesting story. So 
the torch is logically passed then to Niall Ivy. Wonderful player for McGraw, longtime assistant. She becomes the fourth head coach in Notre Dame history. She's a 2001 graduate. She was a terrific guard, spent four seasons in the WNBA. And then she came back to Notre Dame in 2007 and coached until when she took a job with the Memphis Grizzlies, becoming one of, one of a very short list of women to coach in the NBA. I know talking to you off the air, Mason, you're really, you're, you're really big on this hire and tell me why. Yeah, I'm really big on the hire because bringing somebody in to fill Muffet McGraw's shoes is not something that you can just do. You can't just bring in somebody off the street and say, hey, here, you know, take the Notre Dame program from the heights Muffet McGraw had and please continue going in that same manner. No, Not just anybody can do that and nobody knows the program inside and out nearly as well as Neil Ivy does. She was number one on the shortlist of candidates. You know, everybody kind of knew that Muffet McGraw was on her way out, but peeling Ivy away from her job with the Grizzlies Potentially could have been difficult, but it seemed like it was very easy for her to come back to Notre Dame and take control of the program, Todd. And I really think that she is absolutely the perfect hire. She has, She's young, she has the energy, and she's really shown it on the recruiting trail. Expand on that, Mason. So just quickly, within 48 hours of the announcement of Ivy taking over the Notre Dame program, Notre Dame landed the second, player, the second rated player in the 2021 recruiting class, point guard Olivia Miles. Miles is rated as the top point guard prospect in the nation. Then just two days later after that, Fellow five-star prospect Sonia Citrone, the reigning Gatorade New York Player of the Year, committed to Notre Dame. She's the number 16 player in the nation and averages 23.5 points and 10.6 rebounds per game. That's from a shooting guard, Todd. This girl can really get it done. All right, Mason, the draft was last week, the NFL draft in Notre Dame. It's, it went about as expected. Six guys went. Let me give you a little bit of a quick run rundown here. Second-round picks, Notre Dame had three of them. Cole Komet went 43rd to the Bears. Chase Claypool went with the, in the second-round 49th pick overall to the Steelers. They are super jacked up over there, man. You can't get the Steelers people off the BGI site. We can't write enough about Chase Claypool right now. He was the team MVP this past year. He was Camping World Bowl MVP. He finished his season 66 catches, 1,037 yards, and 13 TDs. Before the season started, he set his personal mark goals at 1,000 yards and 10 TDs. So he hit both of those, even though halfway through the season, it didn't look like he was going to, but he came on strong. Uh, Julian Aquara, another second round pick, 67th overall. All. He joins his brother Romeo Aquara with the Detroit Lions. It's really cool because I've done stories on these guys. They're just the amount of years apart where they've never played on a football team together, high school or college. As as Romeo was graduating, Julian was incoming. So they're going to finally get their lifelong wish up there in Detroit. They are going to be roommates. The next day, Troy Pride, cornerback, he went to his hometown Carolina Panthers with the 113 pick. In the fifth round, defensive lineman Khalid Kareem, 147th overall, went to the Cincinnati Bengals. And finally, after Kareem in the sixth round, safety Elohi Gilman went to the Los Angeles Chargers, 186 overall, where he will join a couple of Notre Dame undrafted free agents, linebacker Asmar Bilal and cornerback Dante Vaughn, where he will join a Notre Dame alum already with the team, and that's defensive lineman Isaac Rochelle. Defensive lineman Jerry Tillery and linebacker Drew Tranquil. I know Gilman and Tranquil were very close, really good friends. So that seems like a good fit right there. A couple other of note, defensive lineman Jameer Jones went to Houston. Jalen Elliott, safety, went to Detroit. And Tony Jones Jr., running back, went to the New Orleans Saints. When I look at these last three, a lot of times when you get in the later rounds of the NFL and 
you're talking about here with Pride, Kareem, and Gilman, these are not throwaway picks for Notre Dame. These are solid players, I think. Yeah, I, I tend to think so, too. And I really feel like teams are thinking that they got some really nice value with these picks. I think a couple of guys may have slid a little bit. I think Kareem slid due to him playing through injury. And so having that nagging shoulder injury definitely had him slip. And then Troy Pry Jr., I think, is great value with how much speed he has and how much his coverage ability has improved. I think the Panthers are getting a great pick there. For sure. And leave it to me for Chris Fink's entire career, be it high school, college, or whatever, to overlook him as he signs as an undrafted free agent wide receiver with the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I know Cole Komet is solid and steady. I think he's going to be a great player. Player to me with the highest upside from this Notre Dame draft class is definitely Chase Claypool. He's a, He does does so many different things. And Brian Kelly was asked on a Pittsburgh radio show after the draft. And man, Pittsburgh is fired up to have this guy. Chase Claypool, with all he brings, is going to be a star in the NFL. And actually, here's Brian Kelly breaking down that pick a bit. Well, he stretches the roster right away for Coach Tomlin. You know, he's going to play on every special teams. Uh, He's a guy that will say yes to any job, uh, whether it's you know, a gunner, uh, if he's on kickoff, punt. So immediately he impacts the football team from, from some of those jobs. But as a wide receiver, he's going to do the dirty jobs. He's going to, blo- you know, he's going to block a safety. Uh, he's going to be physical at the point of attack. And then when you need somebody to make a play down the field, he will go up and get the football. He's got a great catching ra- radius. Uh, he's still going to continue to get better in terms of route running and some of the specifics of the position. But right away, he's going to do those tough jobs and he's going to meet it with um, a yes to anything he's asked to do. And let's see, with six players taken in this draft, it brings Notre Dame to 511-511 total. That ties USC now for the most of any team in the country of all time. USC had two picks this year. Notre Dame had six. So it kind of looks like the momentum of the programs. Notre Dame will regain that spot. Ohio State is a distant third at 463. We want to add another segment to this. By the numbers. Going to start with the number 25, and it applies twice. The Notre Dame men's basketball team beat Boston College 80-58 to in the ACC tournament second round, and then the season went canceled. It became the first time for a Notre Dame men's basketball team to win its last game of the season since it did so 25 years ago when it beat Loyola Chicago. Because that Notre Dame team was so bad, it had no postseason aspirations. Sticking on the basketball theme, 25 years. The Notre Dame women finished 13-18 and 18 this year. It ended up being the first time, not that it would have mattered, obviously, because there would be no NCAA tournament, but 13-18 and 18 would have meant the first time in 25 years that the Notre Dame women failed to make the NCAA tournament. 20. 20 to 1. Ian Book, odds on betonline.com. He's 20 to 1 to win the Heisman Trophy. That puts him seven on the list. Five of the six in front of him are quarterbacks. Obviously, your front runner on this is Ohio State Justin Fields. He's 9 to 2, so basically 5 to 1. So we'd love to see, uh, well, first of all, we'd love to see football. All right, Mason, we're going to get into your wheelhouse here. I want to start with your interview with Gabriel Rubio. It seemed like it came down for Rubio really to Iowa and Notre Dame. What can you tell me about his recruitment at the tail end, Mason? So when I, I got that interview locked down with him, I really just wanted to delve into his recruitment because, like you said, he uh, he seemed to pull the trigger on Notre Dame pretty quickly. And that was really an ode to how well Mike Elson got on him immediately. He saw potential in Rubio, as you'll hear in the interview. 
when Rubio came to camp his freshman year. So building those relationships early on, Rubio said that it was down to definitely Notre Dame and Iowa, but also Oklahoma, LSU, and a couple other big schools in there. So some heavy hitters, but Notre Dame prevailed with this one. And uh, he's going to be a really good recruit, a great kid as well. For sure. And you'll hear that in the interview. 6'5", 280 pound. He was the third commit of that particular class. Rated number 99 all, according to rivals. Number 99 all, number eight position, number two state. You know, let, let's uh, let's let's jump into this interview that Mason had. We've got Gabriel Rubio on the line, the 2021 defensive tackle Notre Dame commit. Gabe, how are you? I'm doing good, Mason. How are you? Doing great. I'm glad to have you on. It's a difficult time for everybody, you know, trying to stay active, stay healthy. What have you been doing to, to keep yourself in shape? Yeah, that's one of the tricky things to continue to do during this basically time that we're all shut in and everything. But I've been working out in my driveway four or five, six days a week doing all body weight, range of motion, explosion. We go from 2 to 3 to 3.30. We do uh, workouts using very minimal stuff like a decorative fire hydrant, uh, a barbell, and a sandbag, and resistance bands, and that's all that we have. And you can get extremely effective workouts. After all that, you go for a 20, 30-minute run, and that's that's all you got to do for the day. Good to hear that you're being creative. Have you still been in contact with Coach Kelly and Coach Elson through this? We have uh, video calls every couple of weeks. We text periodically every couple of days. They've been very vocal. They've been talking to all the recruits and commit together, and it's it's been great. They they really show that they care and that they're looking out for everybody during this time. Moving on to your 2021 class, is there anybody specific you're talking to in recruiting to come to Notre Dame? It seems like you and Blake Fisher are doing a great job with that. Yeah, right now I'm trying to uh, recruit some DBs and corners like uh, Philip Riley I know is one of them. Uh, I'm also recruiting some offensive linemen such as uh, Pat Coogan and Rocco Spindler. Just mostly just getting to know the guys. We got Gabriel Ruby on the line, the 2021 defensive tackle commit committed to Notre Dame. So, Gabe, what can Notre Dame fans expect from the 2021 class? You can expect a lot of elite athletes coming in to rec shop their freshman year. We are going to come in, we're going to take initiatives, and we are going to absolutely destroy everybody we go against. Mason, I, I love the impact that he's trying to make on the recruiting trail. An odd time when it comes to recruiting. How important is that? Yeah, I really like what you said about it being an odd time in recruiting, because it definitely is. And, and Rubio mentioned a couple times, in the uh, in the interview that I was asking him, like, how are you reaching guys at this point? Cause you can't go see them. You can't go play with them. You know, what are you, what, how, how are you talking to guys at this point? He said, oh, what I thought was really interesting, playing on, on PlayStation and on Xbox, he's on online parties with guys like Will Shipley. He was key in recruiting Pat Coogan, who committed Notre Dame about two weeks ago. Defensive end commit David Abiara, Rocco Spindler, offensive lineman recruit. All these guys that he's talking to, you know, while they're casually playing the video game, kind of urging them to join Notre Dame. I thought that was really creative and uh, something that's really cool about Gabriel Rubio. Mason, you're younger than I am. You follow recruiting a lot more heartier than I do. When you do, it seems like more and more every year, you know, we talked about a Drew Pine and we talked about some other guys. It seems like guys are really getting on board to recruit and fill out their own classes. Is that that's something you've seen evolve? Yeah, most definitely. In the past, you've seen guys like, you know, if they want to, for example, if they want to join Notre Dame, then they're going to. I'm not going to try to be in their ear all day long about it. If they want to join, then they will. I'm not going to try to pressure anybody into anything. You have your guys like that still. 
not nearly as many, but then you have your guys on the totally opposite end of the spectrum, like offensive lineman commit Blake Fisher, who is always texting guys, hey, join Notre Dame, always tweeting, always on Facebook, always on Snapchat saying, join Notre Dame, join us. We want to bring a national championship back to South Bend. He's really vocal about it, and guys really seem to gravitate towards that. He's not only a great player, but a great leader as well, and guys want to play with the best, and he's really showing the fruits of his labor so far. Yeah, and I think you start to build a brotherhood, even in those goofy situations. We're not going to do any show without getting an update on Will Shipley, obviously the the five-star premier running back out of North Carolina. What's the latest? Yeah, number one all-purpose back in the nation. It's essentially down in Notre Dame and Clemson. He's talked about multiple times about a decision coming soon, but nobody really seems to know which way it's, he's leaning. It seems like he's going back and forth every day, unless you really want to read into what he's tweeting, but that essentially doesn't mean anything. He's always going to retweet anything he's tagged in. So it's between Notre Dame and Clemson. The distance is really key for him being much closer to Clemson as he lives in the Carolinas. So only a two hour drive as opposed to a couple hours on a flight into South Bend or even maybe you have to be into Chicago. So distance is key for him, but he's, he's really big on business. He's a really smart kid. Academics are important. He's talked to the guys from the Mendoza College of Business at Notre Dame. So uh, academics are key. He's a religious kid. He really loves Notre Dame. He has great relationships within Notre Dame. We're going to see what prevails here, whether it's going to be distance or his relationships between Clemson and Notre Dame, Todd. Mason, anything else anybody needs to know about on the recruiting front? Yeah, absolutely. I could. I mean, I could do this all day. I got two things for you. So June 12th through the 14th looks to be the huge recruiting weekend for Notre Dame, given it isn't canceled. I mean, it, it still could be. But replacing that initial recruiting weekend, March 20th through the 22nd, which I believe Shipley would have committed on if he were to be able to visit Notre Dame. But at the moment, it is offensive lineman Pat Coogan, who is now committed. Defensive end commit David Abiara. Wide receiver and quarterback commit Lorenzo Styles. Defensive tackle commit Gabriel Rubio, who you just heard from. Quarterback commit Tyler Buckner. Five-star running back that we just mentioned, Will Shipley. Tight end commit Kane Barong. Defensive tackle or slash offensive lineman Rocco Spindler from Michigan. And then offensive lineman Blake Fisher that we just mentioned. All of those guys will be on campus together. That'll be huge. However, Todd, I have one last thing. It's a little bit of a downer note to end my recruiting segment, but God forbid, if Notre Dame does not land Will Shipley, you know, message boards are going to be insane. Everybody's going to be flipping out. <laughs> however, they are. however, I have two guys that Notre Dame will definitely jump and put the full court press on if they manage to not land the five-star running back, Will Shipley. Now, the first one, Donovan Edwards, a four-star from Michigan, a four-star running back. He's narrowed his top five sorted down to Michigan, Michigan State, Georgia, and Notre Dame. I think he's Notre Dame's if they want him, if they put the full court press on him. He's talked about Notre Dame in great length. He really likes him, but the Notre Dame has some heavy hitters in that group. And secondly, Prophet Brown, a four-star running back from California. His top six he released on Twitter just about two weeks ago has Michigan, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Oregon, USC, and Notre Dame. Todd, a name like Prophet, it sounds like he's got to be Notre Dame bound, right? Absolutely, absolutely. It fits perfectly. And I'm wondering where my invite was to this uh, this big June camp. I'm still looking in the mailbox. I don't know. Maybe it's slowed by COVID-19. Mason, man, great breakdown. We're going to keep plugging away, folks. This is our first of a weekly show. We're going to go for it. You can find Mason Plummer at Mason Plummer numeral six. You can find me at Todd Burlage, T-O-D-D-B-U-R-L-A-G-E. Find us. We're going to post it. We're going to celebrate it. And in case we run out of football to talk about, we'll share recipes, Mason. Yeah, and whether it's recipes or whatever, you know, I just, and I wanted to mention this to get people excited for the next episode. I just finished an interview with Kane Barong, the 2021 tight end commit. 
be on the lookout for that. We'll be sure to include that in our next show. Todd, thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem, man. Thanks for joining me, Mason. That's for sure. And that is my co-host, Mason Plumber. I'm Todd Burlidge. Again, folks, thanks for joining us here on The Gold Standard. Always check us out. We'll be, we'll be publicizing as we go here. Appreciate your time. We'll chat next week. 